Okay, wake up in the morning and I go and get the paper. Gotta get the paper. Every morning gotta go and get the paper. And a nice cup of coffee. Hello, Raving Geeks fans. My name is Malachi Barrett. And I'm Ben Solis. And I'm Tyler Guza. And I probably just peaked the audio just now. We got a new switchboard. Things are looking good. Things are looking real good, dude. Let's after, start with some shout-outs. After shout last outs. week, though, I don't really think we can peak the board any more than we we broke it. That's why we had to get a new one. Yeah, we got pretty heated talking about uh, Super Fight. We you missed some out, our fights. We got pretty loud. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's do some shout-outs to some of our fans on the Raving Geeks Twitter. If you haven't yet, go follow us at Raving Geeks, and we'll spend a little bit of time at the beginning of the episode showing you a little bit of love. So who are our special friends today? Well, today, Pablo Caprico. <laughs> Pablo Caprico. Yep. Coolest Which is a fan ever. Really sweet name. Uh, also, we have Aristotle Ukes. Are, are these real people? These are real people. These are not bots at all with cool names. Well, some of them aren't, but I'm going to bring up all of them anyway because I think the bots are funny. Cool. <laughs> Uh, we have Jason Peace. We have the Lapeer High School Key Club. So, wow. Thanks. It's kind of, it's kind of over by my, my neck of the woods. I'm from Harbor Beach, which is kind yeah. of, it's it's like nowhere near Lapeer, but it's kind of near. So, is this, is this like a shout out to their favorite son now? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Regional son. Yeah. Regional favorite son. Uh, Trend Sneaks, which is a, a sneaker company that undoubtedly followed us so that we would check out their fine product. Fresh. They're kind of garbage sneakers, actually. Not fresh. You hear that you garbage. No. You garbage. Yeah, they, they garbage. And they will quickly unfollow <laughs> us now. Although you can get them in Champ Sports, who is not a sponsor of this podcast. No. So don't shop there either. No, don't go anywhere. We dude. don't even have one in Mount Pleasant, so Just whatever. Start making our own shoes. This is a pretty cool name. Petra Ruek. Petra Ruek. Petra or Pietro? Petra. Petra. Petra Ruek. Petra. Sounds like a Star Wars name, doesn't it? A little bit. Sounds like a Russian mafia guy. Like, yeah, Pietro yeah. Ruick. I yeah. Ruick your face. <laughs> uh, we also have Fella. This is one that actually is kind of hard. It looks like Felicia. I'm assuming it's probably Felicia. Felicia Argyris. Hmm. A-R-G-Y-R-I-S. Should we tell her bye now or later? She should now. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. I thought that said Charles Barkley, and I got super excited. No, for you wish. And Charles Barkley is it's a terrible. fan of the Raving Geeks. It's just terrible. No, it's uh, it's Charles uh, Beeler. <laughs> did, but, you guys, you know. did you guys ever see those uh, Nutrisystem or those late weight loss commercials that Charles Barkley used to do? Yeah. It's like, I've heard all the na- nicknames. Circumference, you know, because he's like <laughs> Sir Charles. That's pretty funny. Yeah, actually. That's actually really great. Good. Yeah. So who else we got? Uh, the last one, a uh, person just known as Who. The Who? Just who? Thanks, who? Who wow. are you? Fantastic. Who? Yep. So what do we got? What do we got? We got news. We got, okay, so. I'm not going to lie. There's not much, man. There's not much, but there's a really, really big hit of news that we'll, we'll bring up later. So we're going we're gonna to muscle through this short bit of news because if I don't, I'm going to start crying here pretty soon. And you'll know, you'll know why in a little bit. But uh, what do we got? We got Amelia Clark. Yeah, she publicly said that she's no longer going to be involved with the Terminator movies. So the, the terrible Terminator Genesis has killed off Sarah Connor. I'm just going to say now, I don't think we're going to get Terminator ever again, though. Because I freaking hope not. In, what was it, like a year or two, it, it, it lapses over to James Cameron again. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. And he's, well, I was gonna say, he's knee-deep <laughs> in, uh, in Avatar right now. In Avatar land. I was going to say something else, but I, I don't want to get us taken off the air. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you guys, we have the LHS Key Club listening in. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to clean it, it up a little bit. Yeah. Got to keep it PG. Yeah, I don't think there's any loss there. Was she a particularly good Sarah Connor? No. I don't even. I mean, I didn't see the movie, but from what I saw in the trailer, I'm sorry. She looked like a young Linda Hamilton. So she at least looked and sounded and acted like. Sure. But I didn't see the movie. Jaya Courtney was in it, you know? Yeah. Our, that's, so, your, that's your boy, so, apparently. Jaya for Hollywood Courtney. Gumby. And, I mean, Arnold. I heard every scene with Arnold in it was cool. But not really. Genesis just. Uh, Genesis. Really I wasn't. fell asleep in that movie. Did you really? I literally fell asleep. I've never fallen asleep in a movie. Have you ever walked out of a movie? Mm-hmm. What have I? What? No, I don't think so. I walked out of a Scanner Darkly. Oh, really? Which Why? Which is really sad to say because I love that movie now. When I was young and it came out, didn't get it at all. I was like, this is dumb. You want to leave? Oh, what else did I walk out in? Um, remember that that 300 spoof that they did? Oh, Rise of, Oh no, Meet the Spartans. I totally walked out of that movie 15 minutes. You paid, Why you would you even pay for that? For that? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I've, never, I've never walked out of a movie. I've never fallen asleep in a movie. Um, the closest I get, like the most embarrassing things ever in a movie were I went and saw, I think, Saw 6 and I had no idea what was going on. I just watched people get cut in half and ripped apart for like two hours. And yeah. then 
I saw 40-year-old virgin in the movie theaters with my parents. So, I mean, if, I don't know when that movie came out. But I, was pro- I mean, I was pretty young. I, was, I think I might have been just starting high school. Did they have to take you out of the movie? No, but it was like one of those things where, like, I really, really wanted to laugh. But I didn't want to admit, I didn't want to laugh because I didn't want my parents to know that I understood what was going on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was very interesting. I remember my parents watched Old School, like, right when it came out on VHS for the first time. And they had, like, friends over. And I was too young to watch the movie, but they were all, like, watching old school. And I could hear my dad laughing from, like, two floors away. And I was like, I, I want to see this movie so bad. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen My Cousin Vinny with Joe Pesci? Yeah. I've seen parts of it, yeah. So my parents used to watch Call that. me a joker? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. My parents used to watch that all the time. And, like, they would, like, never let us. We're like, go upstairs to your room, guys. We'll go to bed. We're going to watch a movie now, right? And I hear, like, F-bombs, like, blasting <laughs> through the stereos. My dad just dying laughing. I was yeah. Like, oh, so wow. speaking of old school, Malachi, I'm kind of happy that you said that because I actually had a very similar old school. St- um, my mom and dad are not the most tech savvy of people. And I remember my dad bought old school cool the unrated version oh, he, he yeah. always wanted to watch the unrated version he never wanted to watch just the regular but he didn't know how to work the, the dvd player so just picture me like every time that my mom and dad wanted to watch this movie i had to go in the room i had to put the dvd in there i had to select uh unrated but for those of you who don't know the first thing that happens when you click on rated it's the scene with the ky wrestling thing and the girls take their tops off <laughs> so like i literally like it was like i had to light the like light the fuse and run away because if my mom like knew that I had seen that like she would like scrub my eyes with holy water so it was yeah. like she was like you press play and close your eyes so like press play like cover my eyes and like run out of the living room <laughs> that's fantastic yeah very cool I remember I remember being very young and sneaking in to see Blade 2 and then like my brother and I like seeing that first sequence with like the blood splatters all over like the interrogation oh, yeah. room we're like not for us we're gonna go <laughs> yeah. catching it later was cool so we got that. That's all fine and dandy. What else do we got on our docket here? Well, we didn't really talk about this before the show, but I just figured I would pick your brain now that we're getting to it. Tyler, get your hands off my my tea, man. Tyler is uh, teabagging your tea. Teabagging yeah. the tea right now. Actually, I I have an I was anti re- recommendation. Never I was just get, reading the thing because you said it was terrible. Never get Big Low Lemon Lift. It's, it's really bad. It's not <laughs> lifting me up. It's bringing me down. Every time he takes a sip, it, he makes a very funny face. But a lot of people right now are pissed off about uh, Scarlett Johansson, or as I like to call her, Scarlett Johansson, uh, being cast <laughs> Clearly as, not an Asian. as Makoto Kusanawi or something like that in the Ghost in the Shell live action movie. I'm glad you brought this up because this is a point of contention. And we, and we even talked about it last week with Doctor Strange too, so kind of goes right. hand in hand with figure, that. You know, bring that up again. So what do, you, what do you guys think about this? Max Landis came out on YouTube and, and said... Look, I know like it's okay to be mad about this, but you need to understand that it's not just like a simple thing of being like like the director or somebody being racist. There's like market forces and they just he thinks that for a sci-fi movie that would require a large budget, the people in power, people who make like the bigger decisions. They're gonna go with the safe bet. Yeah, right. And it's not Scarlett Johansson's fault, you know? She's No, but Listen, Max Landis shouldn't be trusted with anything for the first place. Oh, yeah. That, I liked American Ultra. American Ultra was cool. He ruined Lex Luthor he, just by existing. Yeah, yeah. That being said, Max Landis should have played Lex Luthor in Batman v Superman. He would have been way, way He would better. have been great. I yeah. Would, I would agree And you know that. what? American Alien, the Superman uh, ongoing that he's got going right now, might be, like, one of my favorite. It's, like... It might be seen as like a modern uh, all star re- Superman. I heard it was really, really good. Yeah, it's really good. His, his I mean, whatever. I'm excited for this Netflix movie that he he's got coming. It's David Ayer's directing it, starring Will Smith because they liked each other so much in Suicide Squad. It's like some kind of like fantasy, kind of like a like a dark, gritty cop, but like fairy story. I don't know. It's, it's Max Landis is writing it. He's he's one of those guys where I, I'm either like all in or I just like oh, this wasn't for me. I've never hated anything he's done. I don't know how I feel about this, though, man. I mean, I understand that, like, you're Americanizing a Japanese movie, and that goes on for, I mean, okay, what is it? Um, there was, did you ever see the movie Battle Royale? Yeah. Okay, so. It's basically Hunger Games. It is, it's, everyone says that this woman stole that, right. stole Hunger Games from that movie, right? And, like, that's okay. It wasn't a direct adaptation, but, like, clearly that was something that was influenced by it. It's totally different here, man. You're making a Japanese, it's like when they made the uh, Old Boy remake, right, with, James, Josh Brolin? Yeah. Josh Brolin. Yeah. Thanos, man. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't translate. And it's It'd be one thing if, like, they, the character was named, like, Jesse, I almost said Jesse Jackson, like, Jesse Smith or something like that, and it was, like, set in America or something like that. Yeah. But her name is, like, Kusanagi or, or Kusanagi or something like that. Well, and she's wanted... still, like, it's set in, like, you know, Tokyo and everything. No, future Tokyo. It's bad form. They, there's plenty of Asian actresses that are. But would this movie have been made without 
that kind of star power with ScarJo. I mean, she's one of the few like female movie stars now that we have. Lucy, Someone who like really throws some name behind it. Lucy Liu's not that old. Get Lucy Liu. Oh, uh, what has she done in the last? I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Sure, I, I sure. Agree. I mean, she's not a huge star, but, but like she's, nobody's nobody's she's killing go. it on Elementary. She's a big enough star that that would have made an impact. I, I disagree. I don't think she has. I think I think they the could have they could have got someone that. like uh, I don't know what her name is, but the girl who played uh, in the Wolverine movie, she was like, mm. like oh yeah, she would have been a good someone one. Someone like actually. that, you know, the one who played uh, Makoto Mori or whatever in uh, in Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I just I'm just loving kind of like all like the jokes Mac that are coming out of this. Kind of like saying like Disney announced that like they're, not only are they doing Pan like we talked about, but they really want to do Mulan. And I and someone was like, oh, I can't wait to see Mulan starring Jennifer Lawrence yeah. and like you know stuff like that. But it yeah. it's kind of like we talked about last last week. It's it's kind of a crappy deal, you know. It's but like I mean, like you said, playing devil's advocate. But in a way, it's like the best point is: Would this movie be made with the budget that it needs to be made with? I personally have no. I've never seen. Ghost in the Shell, the original, you know. It's fantastic. So I, I don't. I mean, my 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 knowledge of anime stuff goes to uh, Full Metal Alchemist. I watched all that, and then one time uh, during a fever dream of a fever, my brother and I like marathon Attack on Titan, which was like the most epic thing to watch when oh, you yeah. got like 104 temperature. But. My roommate's like super into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. It's they wanted to make Akira. They wanted to remake Akira a while back, and like they had like Keanu Reeves as like the main guy, and so it's like no. This is no. Yeah, I mean it's it's I don't know like it's well known I think in the Greek the Greek the geek community. <laughs> oh, wow, Greek life. I really Delta. can't talk today, but like Ghost in the Shell isn't the same kind of property like Mulan mm-hmm. where I don't know like I just don't know that it would have been made without Scarlet and it's unfortunate you know we can be mad at, well, at I mean, the system and, still and I mean I might be kind of like I said because I haven't been super paying attention to this but I feel like this Ghost in the Shell with Scar starring. Scarlett Johansson. Scarlet, yeah, we're Scarlet all Johansson. having problems. Yeah, man. I almost said Black Widow, but it's Scarlett Johansson. It's been in talks for years, hasn't it? Isn't is it now because we finally saw a picture of her as the main character that everyone's make, making? Making because I feel like I've been hearing about this Ghost in the Shell thing starring her. I mean, it's kind of to me. It was kind of like Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. It's just been hearing about it forever. Here's yeah. the deal, and I'll say this very point blank, and I might get flack for this, but it is the truth. Geeks don't care. Geeks and people in the community. They do not care when they heard Scarlett Johansson was attached. They said, this is going to be freaking sweet. As soon as all the lay people started seeing it, and then social justice warriors started seeing that, yeah. that's when all of this started. Well, because it's another example in a long list of examples. I yeah. don't disagree with them. I don't disagree with them. There is That's problematic. However, it's like, okay, these pro- these properties, I know they're made for a general audience, but in in essence, like they're made for us, right? For people who are big-time fans, be like, finally, I get to see this movie made a certain way. Whether it works out to their expectations or not is a totally separate thing. But, like, people consuming this media in a big, wider, general audience, I mean, this is just stuff they complain about. I just anyway. want, like I said last week with Tilda Swinton, like, I just want the best person in the role, playing the part, in the movie, and I make think, a good movie. I think she's going to be sweet. If this though. movie's trash, everyone's going to hate it. If this movie's good, it'll be like, oh, well, you know... It's really, really good, but there's this thing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think everything needs to be looked through at a, a social justice lens, especially when you're doing it. But I understand the complaints. Well, it's it's hard when it's you know media and, and mm-hmm. representation and, yeah. and all that. And Hollywood has that problem. I don't know. It's just another thing in like a larger conversation that's been happening. I think picking up a lot more steam like in the last couple of years. I, like, like I said, I think I think the Oscars is really what kind of like it's always been around, but when you when it was seen on like. It, it would almost be like, hey, there's you know doping allegations in sports, but if it happens in the Olympics, you know what I mean, then everyone knows about it. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of like if that in the Hollywood sphere. So yeah, and I agree with you. I think the the big Oscars fiasco this this year really kind of jump started a lot of this to be. That being said, Birth of a Nation. You, I'm calling it now. If you saw the trailer for that, I'm calling it now. That's going to be Oscar contenders well, in the coming. Here's in the, the deal. Did you, you guys looked in. Did you guys talk about this last time? I'm sorry, I've been gone for two weeks, guys. Yeah, man, it's weird. Ta- I mean, all in the room. Hell, that must have been a hell of a tax season for you. It was ben. my birthday, <laughs> where you guys graciously called me 19. I'm yeah. 28, so you gentlemen are I didn't know if you wanted to make that point. But are you really 28? I am 28 years old. See, you said that before, and I because you don't look that old. Malachi, what's the Look at dude. See, I got basketball shorts on, but clean shaven. and I brought what it. Is going on? I, I, I shaved my face. Yeah. Um, That's why I laughed really hard when you're like, man, life has been really hard on that if he's 19. <laughs> I was like, you don't know what happened, bro. Well, I, I didn't think you were 19, but like, I'm 24. And like I said, to me, you don't look that Just much older than me. Four years older than you. So cool. I would not have. I would never. I, when you joke, said twenty eight, I thought you were joking then. I was like, what is he? I just figured you're somewhere in the middle. Man. Malachi looks like he's older than both of us. So 
I don't know. I don't know no, if I'll buy that. No, yeah. I don't think so. Malachi's like that weird and but He's got like that chiseled chin where it's like. You're going to look like you're 31 yeah. for the rest of your life. I'm cool with that. That's, there you go. Yeah, Works dude. for me, man. Cool. But yeah, and then I had taxes, so I'm sorry. Okay, so we didn't we didn't talk about this this last time though, right? No. No. Okay, what we, were, we, were we talking about again? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. Whatever, man. You guys are fun. Anyway, so yeah. Um, We've had to cover a lot without you, man. Sorry we had to hold the uh, shit down. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what else we got on the, the spectrum? We got something else that's going to cause a stir for people, uh, which I'm really, really happy about. But, you know, you're going to get some parents and some kids who are going to be going through the movie store. They're going to be looking through their favorite animated features. They're going to say, oh, look, some Batman movie. This is going to be great. Not read the hard R on it, because ladies and gentlemen, you probably have heard this already. Batman the Killing Joke is getting a hard R. I'm really, really happy about that. You know what's funny is that we keep using this term hard R now. Hard R. What does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. Okay. It's the opposite of a soft R. It's not, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's like R, not R. It's going to be no. R. <laughs> when when we had Summers on here, um, when I had Summers. I'm really jealous that you were here for that. Dude, I wish you guys would have been on. I know. I listened to it. And well, I was like, "Wow, that was really good." He used a terminology called "proper R," and I think that's what we're trying to get at here. It's it's more R than a normal R it's rated like, movie. It's like R for good reason. Yeah, well, this is definitely. A, I mean, a yeah, case. you read the source material on this. I mean, even the comic itself was kind of cut back a little bit because if you see some of those original like panels that were drawn for for the Killing Joke, woo, <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty heavy. Well, yeah. it's good that they're uh, it's good that they're going all the way with it too because if you like half ass. This this is really like your one shot to get Killing Joke. I think. I think this is it for. I think this is all we're gonna see for Mark Hamill. Cause Possibly because I, I think he was pretty serious about when he said, you know, hey, I'm not. Yeah, but then he immediately did Arkham Knight no, right after that. He did Arkham Knight because I think that's he was under contract for that. He didn't do Arkham Origins, which was Troy Baker, who sounds just. I'm sorry, he sounds just like him, but I mean, he does pretty good. Yeah. So I'm thinking that's who we're gonna see going forward with the Lego movies. We got Zach Galifianakis, and and Mark Hamill said the only way he was ever going to come back and voice the Joker again is in a Killing Joke thing, and you got him and Con Conroy back. I mean, I'm not gonna say that this is it for them, but I mean, this might be the last time we get to see them together. This is they always say this is the definitive end of the Batman story in a way, you know. So. Yeah. I think he'll do the Joker again at least once. Yeah, but, I don't um, think he's done. Well, I mean, I, the one gripe I think I have with this is that the animation style is just that really generic DC animated you feature. Hate that, don't you? It's yeah, it's like crappier anime almost. I think some of the like the pure shots that are like taken right out of the book, like the you know the Joker laughing, holding his head, and stuff yeah. like that. I think those look great, but I see what you mean. I wish they would have used the visual style of the comic. In the same way that when they did the Dark Knight Returns one, I really wish they would have made it like look watercolored and made it look like Frank Miller's art because it's just like it's, it's just clean, watered right? down. Yeah, it's clean. It's not detailed enough. It's just I don't know. Spend spend another year on it if it's you know the animation takes a long time. I think they have found. I think people generally. I mean, I've heard that complaint before, but I think people generally like that style. Of DC animation, yeah, that's why it's, doing it's so a well. it's a basic. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, I wish they'd be more. I love with DC it. animated, and I kind of wish they would go away from. I don't want to like. I haven't seen Justice League versus Teen Titans, but I don't, I, would, I don't want to say. That. I want to see more stuff like the Killing Joke. You know, um, the Flashpoint Paradox was really good. I don't want to see Batman Bad Blood. I would like. I you know I want to see like them taking some of their more classic older. I think I wish for the animated realm they would go and take some of their more well-known stories and make those into these comic, you know, these cartoon things and bring back young justice because I absolutely love it. But that could be a possibility. I mean, didn't Netflix say that if you keep watching Young yeah. justice on Netflix, they would bring Possibly. it back. We're going to do it. Tyler's been through like the five stages of grief with, with young justice. Yeah. And I think you just need to understand that sometimes things go away and there's really nothing you can do about it. Well, I think that maybe you should go through that with the animated style because the one that you want is gone is never coming back either. Well, that was never here in the first place. <laughs> just, and you also ruined my segue. I'm sorry, man. He had a really good segue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really sad with this. Okay. So what Malachi was so graciously getting at, that was a good segue, man. I'm it sorry. was. I'm sorry. It that was so good. You know what? It was. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry that our I'm sorry that our uh, segues are usually so terrible. Like that, they're like you can see them from hey, speak, six miles speak away. For yourself, buddy. Yeah, we're the yeah. segue kings. It's a fine. It's, it's art. almost like they're wearing a raspberry beret. You know what I'm talking about? <sighs> okay, guys. So, um, big news yesterday, and some of you might be like, "Oh, who cares?" And some of you guys might be really, really upset. I am really upset. Uh, Prince is dead. Prince 
is freaking dead. Okay, so a long time ago, I told myself, if David Bowie dies, I'm going to ball my eyes out. And then I amended that statement, say, you know, if David Bowie or Prince dies, I'm going to ball my eyes out. And I did not expect to lose them in the same freaking year. Can we do, okay, 2016, I hate you. You are a legend killer. You are the scourge upon our house. Doris Roberts died too, man. Taking everybody. Taking every China died. Oh my God, yeah. China's dead. Yeah. So the death, the kill count on 2016 <laughs> is massive. They, yeah. they have a UAV right now if they're playing Call of Duty. Oh, like, seriously. 2016 should play Batman in, in Zack Snyder's Zack Snyder's Murderverse. It is Batman in Murderverse. Ben Affleck is 2016. Okay, so yeah. We're onto something here, Mal. <laughs> Prince is dead. I, I, I don't know about these guys. I think there's like varying degrees. I talked to Tyler. He is not a fan. Okay, not before you, before you just like throw me to the wolves here. My tweet, I, I sent you a message. I said, We had a conversation earlier. I said, Listen, we were talking about the show. Okay, Prince died. <laughs> I understand that. I have nothing against Prince. I what I told you, I go, I respect everything that he did for the music industry. He did say that. I understand that he is a like a very prolific, like amazing, you know, artist. I respect every his musical talent. I just, me personally, am not a fan of Prince. And well, what you said exactly was, and I'll, I'll pull this back, what you said was, man, it's like when MJ died. I just, you know, yeah. people, people were upset. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I don't care. And then you yeah. said that you were mad because VH1 was yeah, playing I was flipping, Space <laughs> I was flipping through the channels, man. I was like, man, long day. Sit down, watch some TV, flipping through. You know, flipping through. I see Space Jam. I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't seen Space Jam. I had that on VHS. You know, like, I'm, I can't believe watch it. Click it on. Remembering, you know, remembering Prince. I'm, I wasn't upset. It literally it ended there. But you really wanted to watch Space Jam, and that really yeah. bugged you out. I, I was ready to watch some Space Jam. Yeah, man. yeah. Guess what? You you have Space Jam on VHS, right? I don't have a VHS player. But you can watch Space Jam anytime you want. Go right? on YouTube. I can go on YouTube and watch Guess a Prince what? music video. Guess every what? Time I can't I want. see Prince again. Yeah. So there you go. But I yeah. You're gonna um, make me get kind of upset here, Ben. I'm sorry. I promise I won't be a dick. I guys, I have been through like stages of like crying and smiling over the last twenty four hours. It's been pretty bad. Yeah. How big of a Prince fan were you? Did you, did you care about me? Prince? I mean, I I recognized the the tragedy of his death. You know, I definitely felt him as a cu- uh, cultural icon while he was alive. In terms of his music, I mean, I I don't really know a lot of his discography. I've been listening to it more now. I think the biggest thing that I've known him for is, is the Batman 89 soundtrack. Um, I love him on Chappelle show. You know, I, I was I was definitely bummed, you know. I, I definitely considered him to be on the same level as, like, the, the David Bowie caliber of death, and especially just, like, the versatility, and they're both, like, kind of not – they don't stand for the same things, but, like, they're both icons in kind of the same respect, so. Absolutely. Um, if you guys haven't guessed already, I'm, I'm a really, really big Prince fan. Uh we, I wrote something on my Facebook, and I'm actually going to turn it into a column later for CM Life. And most of the column is there already. But like, yeah, I've been I've been listening to Prince since '91, and I don't know. I was born in '92. Yeah, I, I wasn't even born yet. Well, since, <laughs> since, <laughs> since I am a you 20, are old. <laughs> I have 28 year old man. This makes a lot more sense in context. But like my my whole family has been into Prince. My whole life has been like peppered by moments of like. Just like where Prince's music really meant a lot to me. Um, the first introduction, of course, is that 89 soundtrack. When I was a kid, Batman 89 and the Ninja Turtles 1, which Malachi had the great pleasure of watching with me and Dominic one day. I freaking love that movie, it was man. It's great. It's fantastic. Those two movies were like my childhood, right? So, like, every little bit of Prince that's in that movie, from Party Man to Trust and stuff like that, and we'll talk about it a little bit later uh, after the break. All of that just was just so mind-blowing to me, and especially how it fit with the world that Burton created. It was great. And I'd always remember, like, going in to see, like, my dad wouldn't let me watch MTV with him or VH1 because it was, it was pretty raunchy. Some of those videos get raunchy, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but I just remember uh, Bat Dance, and I wrote Arms of Orion on there, but it wasn't Arms of Orion. It was Scandalous, uh, were the two videos that they played constantly from that album. And it was just great. I would, They're, like, stuck in the back of my head as a memory of that. And... Um, Years went by. I got started playing drums. Dad showed me some more prints, and it was just like off to the races there. Um, it's I, I don't I don't know, man. I'm I'm really distraught. Uh, no one has touched music 
quite like he has in so many different forms of media too. Um, I think his fearless journey of his spirituality and his sexuality like on display constantly. I mean, a lot of people like in, in from the LGBT community, which is funny because like Prince is like very andro- androgynous, right? Yeah, he is like the the epitome of like feminine masculinity. Um, but he wasn't gay, and maybe he was bisexual, but he never came out about it, right? And he was married; he did have a kid. Um, the kid died, unfortunately. But uh, he was a hero to the to the queer movement because if, I mean, in the same way that he's a hero to me, he's the hero to the queer movement too. Is that like what made Prince so cool? Is that he made it okay to be a freak wherever you are. And if these guys can tell you, <laughs> Ben Solis can be a little weird sometimes. So he made being a weirdo really cool. And I guess, I mean, I respect him on so many different levels. And I have his whole discography. Like, you know, I I bought his discography either on tape, on cassette. I have a bunch of, like, vinyl records of it. I've got the whole thing on digital file that I pirated. I'm sorry, Prince. <laughs> I stole your music, and I know you hate that. I think he's okay. I think he's going to be okay now. He's going to make a lot of money off of his uh, his death. But um, yesterday was really, really freaking hard. And, uh, yeah, I hope I don't, like, burst out into tears during this. Because you guys are, like, smiling at me, but I'm serious. Uh, it can get weird. But I digress. We're going to talk about his impact, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Briefly, we'll go over uh, a little bit. I mean, he's like I said. I mean, I've known him more as like a cultural icon than like a, a man, a person. All of the the personal struggles that you've been kind of talking about. I mean, the first time I think I was introduced to to Prince was the Mortal Kombat character Rain, mm-hmm. who is a purple ninja. Yeah, and I'm sure we're all aware of his song Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just played like endlessly yesterday, which is yeah funny and sad at the same time. He played the Super Bowl. Not too oh long ago, God, right? That was one of the best Super Bowl performances of all time. He played Purple Rain in the rain. Yeah. It, it rained suddenly. Yeah. It rained all yesterday in Minneapolis. It rained everywhere. Is that his, like, home yeah, town? Man, yeah, yeah. Minneapolis is the, is the home base of like, the like I said, movement. Like I said, my introduction to Prince was in the Chappelle show when he yeah. – when, when Dave Chappelle would, would play Prince. And then I was watching this interview that Dave Chappelle did where he said that Prince actually used his likeness as – Prince on an album cover. Oh yeah, and, and, can wait. and they're and they're like, you know, like, are, are you upset about these? Like, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna sue him for no. using me dressed up as no. him on his album? He was honored. But. You know what's really funny about that? And I kind of wrote this in the, in the column too. Is that like, you know, for the longest time, like, I was like into funk music and like a lot of funk music. But like at that time, like kids my age were just like either into like what was going on in music at that time, or like classic rock, right? Which was cool because I had classic rock covered. You know, mm-hmm. you could talk about that for days, but anytime I brought up like George Clinton or like, you know, James Brown or Prince, they would just right over people's heads, right? But when that came out, I remember getting on the bus the next day and everybody was talking about Prince, right? And even though it was hilarious, right? It was, I mean, like, yeah. Finally, like, I could openly talk about, like, yeah, like, and by the way, like, I you really were the like, hipster of Prince, dude. I kind of was, but not really, because like, it predates me by. Well, you were alive back when Decades. the earth was still cooling, you yeah, know? Yeah, so. I guess so. But no, it was it, it that that parody made it really cool to talk about Prince again. And God, that was such a, like, a fantastic thing. There's some story too that like they were at like the Grammys or some shit like that, you know? Might have to bleep that out. Are we <laughs> Whatever. Cool? Are we cool? We're cool with S's. We're cool with the S words. Yeah. Sorry. Prince died. Dude. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Key Club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vulgarity. Uh, yeah, he actually saw him backstage and was like, man, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. Pancakes, Dave? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God, you know? So that, that endured. That's that cool endured. he's got a, a good sense of humor like that. He's, he's, a, he's very shy. He was very shy. Um, people thought he was very arrogant because he like, was overconfident a lot, but not really. He was just – that was his part of his persona, his performance persona, you yeah. know, of being like this hypersexual, hyper-swagger, just like I'm the best MFer in the room. Um, but no, he was a really shy guy, and he's Jehovah's Witness, so he's very, very devout, um, which is very uh, quite a weird detract from all of his early, really raunchy music. So he, he was uh, the reason why Tipper Gore called the PMRC hearings into session. The reason why that we have parental advisory labels oh, on really? there was all from Prince. Tipper Gore, in, in her extensive, excellent wisdom, right, <laughs> Bought her family Purple Rain because it had won a Grammy, and you know I thought it was okay, and you know I thought it was good, clean, wholesome stuff. Got to Darling Nikki. If you ever know know what the song Darling Nikki is on Purple Rain, it's eh, the lyrics are really rough. They're really bad. 
And so, like, here it is, the, the sexual lyrics of Darling Nikki playing for all of the Gore kids. Oh, man. Freaked out. I can't imagine. Called Al up on the phone. I was like, you got to call Congress. You got to call a hearing. We got to down. He's a menace. He's a sex menace. Sex menace. Porn rock. That's what they used to call it. They used to call it pornography rock. Yeah. So that was Prince's fault. Wow. Bless you, Tyler. <laughs> I, tried to hold I tried to hold it. I'm like, can we go to break? It's all the please? panic in his eyes as he was like, I was like, Ben, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe this is a good time to go to break. We're going to have a word from our sponsor here real quick, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the impact of Prince on media, especially what is our bread and butter here on this podcast, comic books, and, of course, the classic 89 soundtrack. So we'll be back in just a second. Wake up in the morning and not go and get the paper. Gotta get the paper. Hey guys, this episode of Raving Geeks has been sponsored by The Hall of Heroes. Located in Campus Court next to Subway, The Hall of Heroes is open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. Visit their website at www.hallofheroesllc.com and let The Hall of Heroes become your go-to comic book destination. My synopsis is real, never had that old Dixie feel with cats who make waves and aptly get a 360 deal. And we're back. Hey. Hey, party people. Well, uh, so Prince died at the age of 57, but his comic book uh, career dates back to the 80s. Uh, I don't know if you guys, do you remember Cracked Magazine? I, we were looking at, so, okay, Malachi was very gracious to do some research for us earlier, and he uh, found an inverse article that looked at pretty much every appearance that he's had in a comic book, which is pretty pretty wide-ranging, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Cracked Magazine, I, I'm not really familiar with Cracked Magazine, to tell you the truth. What was Crack Magazine? Well, um, it, it's kind of it was like a humor uh, comic. It, it still exists in the in the form of a website now, mm-hmm. uh, Cracked dot com. Uh, they basically got really big in like the mid two thousands, and now I think they're one of like the biggest uh, websites like online uh, at this time. So that it is the carryover. So it is Crack dot com. Yes, yeah. So it was kind of like an alternative humor comic, uh, and he showed up on uh, issue two hundred nine in nineteen eighty five. And I mean, just to kind of show you the categories of people that he was like I've among. I got this up right now too. He was uh, he was on the cover with Boy George, mm-hmm. which I, I don't really remember. Like, how many people do you think remember Boy George at this point? Here and there. Yeah, like marginal number. Here and there. Michael Jackson, who man, they they gotta be pretty close in terms of fame. I think Michael might be mm. beating him, but uh, he's definitely in that category. And the Gremlins. <laughs> Freaking Gremlins! I thought that was Madonna at first. The Gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> No, Boy George. Oh, which says a lot about well, you know, Gremlins or Madonna. Or uh, he George. would he would show up and cracked a lot between eighty five and ninety time. He made uh, seven actual appearances, uh, but he moved up. He was in uh, Captain America at one point too in nineteen eighty seven, which is really very very cool. Um, so the premise behind that right is that Super Patriot and Cap are having this fight. But their fight is in the backdrop of an Americade concert, which is probably like this, you know, like Band Aid or something like yeah, that, yeah, you know. And uh, wow, so Prince is playing in the background. Yeah, I mean, him and him and some other, actually, Madonna and Michael Jackson and Boy George uh, were in the crowd at that time. Oh, God. Um, they were backstage while this fight was happening. Uh, and then in 1987, there was this comic called Shooting Star. Uh, and he was parodied there as kind of like a spoof of pop culture that they were doing. And I'm actually not like super familiar with what Shooting Star is, but I think it's just one of those like kind of gag comics that, that they put out every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing, the thing that people might like know the best if you, if you think about Prince in comics, like actual comic books, uh, he appeared in a comic based on his own life in 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, and it's just called Prince. Uh, and well, it was under Rock and Roll Comics, right? Right. Yeah. So th- just a little backtrack, real quick. This was this was a comic line that they did, basically showcasing the biographies and just like weird weird stories of certain rock stars, right? So I'm looking at actually the big wide scope. There's like a ZZ Top one. There's an Anthrax one. There's an ACDC one. Doors. The Doors have a few of them actually, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Was Kiss in there? Because I know Kiss. Kiss, yeah, Kiss has the comic where they. Drew the vial of their own blood for the red ink on the cover. Um, they might have had their own comic line that was outside of rock and roll comics. So, <laughs> so that's speaking just, of Anthrax, I've met Scott Ian. Did you really? He's super cool. That's cool. Like he's really cool. Dude, I like Anthrax. Yeah. Anthrax is okay. Oh yeah, man. 
But I digress, and Malachi digresses. Back to Prince. Back to Prince. <laughs> Back to Prince. Let's talk about what's really important here. This issue is really cool, and I have some stuff to say about it, but I want I want you to finish. Well, I just want to talk about a couple of, like, the feats that he performs in this. So it, it kind of opens up with him, like, stopping a gang fight uh, in which people are brandishing, like, long machete-like swords. And he basically does it because he's, like, such a hard, bad mother, mother jamma. Sorry, Key Club. Um... Basically, I, I'm not really sure what the premise is. I think it's just kind of him, like, going, like, throughout his journey, like, becoming Prince, right? Yeah. Like, you probably like, actually know a little bit more there's about a, There's a I sequence do. of him uh, winning a Grammy. I think he winning the Grammy for Purple Rain. So, yeah, it's just, like, getting up to that 91 era. And the interesting thing, too, um, 91 is when Graffiti Bridge came out, right? So, Graffiti Bridge is the third Prince movie, the lesser of the three movies. It's really very pretty freaking bad but there's a lot of like musician cameos on the album and in the movie if you look he shares this issue with george clinton right oh, really? george clinton's got the backstory, so george clinton is also in graffiti bridge so this kind of makes like a good point and it's interesting too because george is definitely one of prince's biggest influences so it's kind of nice to see that together i actually want this one really really bad i'm gonna go look for it's it it's still available i think on amazon cool very cool so what else we got next? We got Rock and Roll, Shooting Star, Fame. I tried to look up this Fame one, and it's dead. But, uh, yeah, apparently uh, 2013. Well, in 1994, he was in uh, Prince and the New Power Generation, Three Chains of Gold. And in this, he and his band traveled to the Middle East to help a uh, princess locate these, like, lost magical artifacts mm-hmm. that apparently have great power and, like, can control people. Um, so that's, like... That was in 94, so, I mean, that was, like, right around, uh, I guess, like, his biggest time in the, in the public consciousness, I think, right? Well, interesting thing about 94, okay? So, that whole 80s era, he called himself Prince, right? And yeah. um, I'm going to talk a little bit about this later when we get to the Batman thing, too, because this is really very important in his timeline. He was having a major battle with Warner Brothers to get off his record label, right? They were controlling all of his music. They wanted all of his master tapes, and they said that, well, okay, you can be out of the contract, and go do your Merry Little Prince thing. But you got to release four more albums for us, right? Mm-hmm. So he finally, like, goes to his vaults and, like, kind of, like, just pulls stuff out. He's just throwing stuff into albums. Um, and at that point, he changed his name to that symbol, which is everyone knows his symbol now, right, um, to kind of, like, rail against Warner Brothers. Like, I don't want you using my name. I don't want you using my likeness, yada, yada, yada. But NPG is his group in that period of time. And they were, like, an 11-piece funk band and they're nasty and like a lot of it is like rap music too he doesn't rap personally some of it is him rapping but not a lot of it and it's another guy yeah but mpg is the funkiest band i've ever heard in my entire life they're nasty so this is him rolling around with an 11 piece group finding gold chains which is the most prince thing ever finding mystic jewelry right (laughs) and on the cover of this uh this comic he's like holding a gun but the barrel is a microphone. It's like a microphone that has been made into a gun. It's like, I don't know, man. It's classic. And behind him is like a uh, kind of like very archetypical uh, woman with like a uh, Alibaba sword. You yeah, know, yeah. and like the dancer girl outfit. It looks like he's like in a tomb somewhere or something. Yeah, it almost looks like more Arabian Nights, I think, than anything yeah. else. He looks yeah. like uh, like Prince of Persia-esque. The uh, third cover, I think, because like, it was like a three-part arc. Yeah. Right? The third cover is him holding his, like, cloud guitar, which has got, like, the weird, like, angles on it, whatever. And he's, like, in a leather jacket with a bunch of furls. There's, like, some, like, Michael Bay explosion going on (laughs) in the background. I really want these books really bad. Not only for my Prince fandom, but just because, God, these actually look really cool. Well, look, I mean, the biggest thing has definitely got to be the Batman soundtrack. So let's jump into that. And I got to say, I mean, on this whole thing, I'm ignorant. So steer us through the path here. Oh, yeah, no, I told Ben, I was like, I'm just going to sit and listen. I'm, I'm sorry, you guys, that you guys have to hear my voice for forever. Well, you've been gone for four days. So you got to make up <laughs> Might for as it. well make it up. Okay, so the cool thing about this album is, and I, I wrote a little bit about this in my column, too, is that, like, you know, Burton's world is, like, this very goth, noir, dark deco kind of a thing, and that's what spurned the dark deco aspect of Batman the Animated Series, right? Yeah. Same thing. Well, you got to understand that, like, if this is set in a world that kind of mimics the 1930s. Something that was really cool about the 80s and late 80s fashion is that a lot of that fashion looked like 30s fashion. You've got, everything was a pantsuit, practically, right? You've got trench coats. Trench coats were really, really popular again in in the 80s. 
big thing in the 30s too the kind of mob style the dick tracy kind of style oh yeah big hats stuff like that so that's kind of what was going on anyway right but there's also like this weird other like 1980s glam aspect to that movie um, everything that's not in the Batcave and not Batman doing his Batman thing in the streets is like really super uber glamorous. 1980s. Well, Billy D. Williams is your is your district well, attorney, and you can't get more glamorous than that. No, you can't get more smooth than that. Um, but even just like Kim casting Kim Basinger right yeah. as Vicky Vale, right, and having her and the, what she wears in that movie. She's got that big '80s hair mm-hmm. too, and and Jack Nicholson's girlfriend with the big '80s hair thing too. Mm-hmm. That all looks very 1930s, but it's still quintessentially '80s. No one kind of like encapsulated that style other than Prince. You know, um, I bring up the point of those three movies that he put out. The second one that he put out after Purple Rain, which is probably his most well-known one, is this movie called Under the Cherry Moon. And it's a it's not a like semi-autobiographical movie like how Purple Rain was. It's like its own story that Prince wrote. And it's actually a pretty good movie, um, aside from me being a rabid Prince guy. Um, but that whole movie is is set in the 30s, and it's shot like that. Yeah. And it's that same thing where it's like you can't really tell it's, whether it's the 30s and 40s or the 80s because of the, the fashion. And um, i got to imagine that when Burton was building this world, he was kind of sucked into that and that whole Prince thing. When he actually was writing The Joker, as that article that I showed you guys, there's a really good article on MTV.com about how Prince understands Batman better than everybody. I don't know about that, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good tribute. Yeah. Um, they said that he was listening to 1999, and uh, what else was he listening to? Another track. I, I don't remember what it was. But a lot of Prince when he was building Joker's character, right? Because this, like, this very sinister menace was kind of cartoony, but like there's like this glamorous aspect to him, right? Yeah. Um, that being said, they're going through the motions, and Burton decides, he's like, okay, I want some music to put this. I want a pop artist. I don't want a score. Which he got a score anyway out of, out of Danny Elfman. Uh, so at the time, Warner Brothers had this kind of goofy bent where they were trying to mix all of their music properties with their film pop- properties. And that's why you got Purple Rain in the first place, right? Because was, it was perfect for their crossover appeal. So they dole out every, every artist that has signed this contract for crossover, right? And Prince sticks out like a sore thumb. So he's like, Prince, need him, get him, do what you have to do, pay him whatever, go. They approach him. Prince is like, I hate you guys in the first place because this is <laughs> this is about 89. So they were building this thing in 87, 88. And this was where the split was starting to happen between him and WB. So anything he was going to do extra for WB was not going to happen. Yeah. Come back. They tell Tim, dude, no. So he calls Prince and has a super long conversation with him about what Batman means to him, how he's portraying Batman, how his music fits with this world. Same thing that I just kind of explained to you, you know, this like this excess and Prince's music is like, it's not excess that it's soulless, but it's just, it represents that big eighties party mentality, right? Yeah. Prince is immediately sold, totally writes this thing. A lot of those songs, if you listen to them and if you listen back to that soundtrack, clearly were like Prince songs that he had in the hole. And he was just like, I'm gonna throw here. I'm going to throw here. Lemon Crush is one of them. Uh, Arms of Orion, like I said, was one of them. Even though the lyrics kind of match Batman, no. Clearly, this is just the way Prince writes. But there's a couple of them that are actually very, very centered on the movie. Party Man, which is that Joker anthem, which is great, which Tyler said he didn't really like that much. Uh, no, at that point, I was just being a dick to oh, be okay. a dick to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so he was just... I, I, lo- I absolutely love... 89 Batman. It's 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 great. So like, even just even I just love it all. looking at Party Man, right? When he comes in and he enters that that museum, right? Yeah. And he says that classic line. It's like Lawrence, let's broaden our minds. And then they press the boombox, and there's like that music playing. Like that is one of the most sinister funk jams I've ever heard in my entire life. And it's got like real menace to it, right? Even though it's like clownish. And like that is Jack Nicholson's Joker, right? He's going around, he's just messing all the paintings up, and it's just like that could have not been a perfect more perfect fit for that whole scene, right? And the same thing with trust, too, right? When he's on the parade and he's telling everybody, he's like, hubba, 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 who do you trust? You know, and he was in that line, he's like, where's Batman? He's off washing his tights, yeah. you know? It's like, I can imagine that that was written in that dialogue and they gave that to Prince and say, oh, we got this parade scene and he says this, right? So off of, like, what, like 20-plus words of dialogue, Prince makes this, like, super aggressive, like, just clownish jam and Trust is bad, too, man. Trust is a really, really bad tune. There's a lot going on in it. It's just it's just crazy. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's really cool that, like, it, it on paper it, it doesn't work, 
you know? But because Prince is so guarded and personal in his own life, you know, and like by day, he just seems like just a normal run of the mill dude. And at night, he's like the funkiest, funkiest dude in town. You've never seen Prince and Batman in the same room. You never see Prince or Batman in the same room. Coincidence? <laughs> I don't know. Totally man. Coincidence. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it was like a, a lightning in the bottle situation that just made that movie. And one last thing I want to say about this before I ramble on anymore. Um, at that point in time, I mentioned that he was having that split with Warner Brothers. In 1985, 86, he released an album called Sign of the Times, right? And critics did not really generally agree that that was a good album. A lot of people pretty critically panned that album. And if you critically pan Prince, right, he takes it extremely personally, right? So he got really pissed off, holed himself up in a studio, and was like, I'm going to show all you, you know? And he writes this really, really angry angry funk album like this okay the themes on this album are like very creepy they're like ghoulish you know there's like a sense of evil on that album the album actually predates gangster rap by years by years if it would have come out in 87 like it was supposed to and i'll explain that in a second it would have predated nwa and public enemy and there's two songs on there that are are absolutely hardcore rap which is just crazy right so he goes through the whole process this thing is ready it's in the tank warner brothers is like on the verge of releasing it he has an epiphany. He, he takes some ecstasy, right? That's the story. version of the story I told is that he took some ecstasy, freaked out, saw the words God written in mist above like a field, and just like decided that the Black Album, which is what it's called, right? It was just like a black cover, like Metallica's Black Album. Besides, this thing is evil. It should not be released on people's <laughs> ears. It's canned, right? Goes back and writes this album called Love Sexy, which is a much more upbeat album. It's good. It's not as good as the Black Album, and it goes from there. And even that's critically panned, too. People are like, come on, Prince. And he's like, oh, I can't win, you know? <laughs> it's like light or dark. I can't do it. That being said, I think we have our plot for the next Indiana Jones movie. He's going after the Black Album, man. <laughs> yeah, right. He's going to find it. Well, interestingly enough, they finally released it on that whole, like, four-album stretch that he had to, like, release albums. He's like, well, I'll just do the Black Album. I was like, all right. So in 1987, this thing is too evil to release. And 1984, when you want to get out of your contract, you're like, oh, this is people. Yeah, at that point. People can hear it. So it's really interesting, but um, I think a lot of that darkness that he had on that Black Album kind of translated to that Batman soundtrack because the same kind of snares and really aggressive hits that are found on that album are exactly like the Black Album. So it's kind of cool, kind of cool looking back. Dope. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate your expertise on this subject because me and Tyler know jack about. Oh, Prince. yeah, no, I, I like I said, I, I respect the man for what he did for music, and I understand, you know, without him, a lot of the stuff that I do like and I'm, I am into probably wouldn't exist. But I just, it's not my cup of tea, man. There you go. He tastes like that Lipton lemon, yeah, this lemon Lynn, big to me. little lemon lift. One yeah. of the songs is called Lemon Crush on that album. Yeah, you should listen to it. It might be better maybe than that'll, your lemon lift. Maybe that'll help me out. Yeah, well, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. We only have one more left for the semester, and then things are changing, man. We've got uh, Tyler and I are leaving. Unfortunately, we're going to talk more about it on our final episode and kind of what it all means to us. We should do something big, man. Yeah, yeah, maybe we will. So let's look at this straight in the last four weeks in the life of Ben Solis. (laughs) One, I'm an old man. (laughs) Two, I can't file my taxes. (laughs) The IRS hates me, right? I lose Prince. And now you lose And then I lose you guys. Yeah. It's all falling just apart. Murder me, <laughs> just murder me now. Call Ben Affleck. Just, get his murderverse going. I yeah, need Zack Snyder just, to just kill me off. Like sands in an hourglass, man. I'm going to really, really miss you guys. It's like, been a lot of fun this year. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, really, we I can't get sentimental about it now because I got to go. I know. Yeah. I know. We'll, we'll Dad's, talk about Dad's it saying, later. Dad's saying, cut it out. I am late. I'm already late. All Uh-oh. right, guys. Well, we're going to we're gonna come back with a very short recommendation. recommendation but uh, here's another word from our sponsors. And we're back, guys. Uh, always check out the Hall of Heroes for your fine comics needs, for uh, any kind of other memorabilia uh, you might want. Uh, Hall of Heroes has got it. Go see Michael. He's a good guy. But uh, this is a portion. Uh, Malachi had to leave the room because he got too sentimental. Oh, what are you talking about, Ben? I'm right oh, here. Wait, wait, I'm, back. I'm, I'm back, guys. I'm back. I'm, I, got, I don't got to go to anything. What is this, some kind of suicide, suicide squad? squad? So, uh... Time for my favorite section, uh, the one that I was so genius to uh, to create. Recommendations. Recommendations and recommendations. We got things that we want you to check out, and we got things we want you to wreck out. 
Uh, Doesn't always sound like he's working out. When for for my for my recommendation, Ben. You know, you and I we've been we've we've been doing this for a long time now, and uh, I, you know, a lot of people, you know, <laughs> the things they may not know about me is uh, I'm I'm a man of simple things. This is not Malachi, by I, the way. You know, I'm a man of simple things. I like I like you know, long walks on the beach, holding hands with the woman that I love, and. And tea, you know what I mean? I just those. If that's what I can get, if that's I'll be good. So, is your recommendation uh, Bigelow's Lemon Lift? No, man. I just I got some movies, you know, that uh, I hold really near and dear to me. Uh, that being said, I, I kind of had came to my conclusion. You know, Batman v Superman wasn't that bad. See, I told you, Malachi. You know, she just rolled. I just I just want you to know that I may have been wrong in my initial. You know, I, I took it a little personally. And, you know, after listening to you talk about Prince and seeing how passionate you are about things like that, you just really turned me around on anything that I've ever disagreed with. Ben, from the beginning of time, anything that I said you were wrong about on this podcast, you you were right about on this it podcast. It takes a big man to admit that, Malachi. Yeah, you know. I and appreciate just, it. And, and, you know, and Tyler, you know, you've been, you've been here for a short time. You've been here for a really short time. But I just got to say, I love you, man. Like, couldn't, couldn't do it without you. Oh, oh, th- thanks, Malachi. I really appreciate that, man. Like, seriously, you're gonna get me to tear up, man, when you're talking. About- no, no, seriously, Tyler. I, I mean it. Like, you really, you really helped bring us to a whole new level, you know. And just, we, we can't do anything. My recommendation for this week is the movie The Notebook. I cry every time I watch it. I just, I hope one day, I when I pass this earth, I'm in the arms of my loved one. Th- peace out. This has been Interpretive uh, Malachi by Tyler Guza. I was actually pretty good. Hey, thanks, man. No problem. Cool. So I, t- I took an acting class here. You know. So other than other than Cop and Malachi, do you have a check and a rec? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, Space Jam, a uh, little 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 known movie. You may not have heard of it. Uh, stars w- one of the greatest. I would say Daniel Day Lewis esque. You know, echelon of actor, echelon of actor. Bill Murray. No, 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 no. Mike Michael Jordan. Uh, not only is he a great basketball player. The man can play baseball. The man can golf, and, well, the, and the man can his, act. His baseball ability is questionable. At Listen, in the movie, we see him play two sports, okay, and he does them both well. Play is a strong word. Um, if you have not seen Space Jam, first of all, turn off this podcast and go sit in your room. Yeah, you shut in you? because you've never like it's the greatest movie ever who, made. What parents denied you the the simple pleasure of seeing Space Jam? Terrible, terrible. But yeah, I said go watch Space Jam. Also, you know we've talked about it right now. I'm, I'm not. I hope I'm not stealing your thunder. Go watch Batman, the very first Batman, and listen to Prince's album because I do not know much about Prince, but I do know that his music in that movie, like you said, fit it really well, especially the scene with the Joker in the museum. There is one thing that we didn't talk about when we talked about the comics, and I didn't want to interrupt because I knew we were going to have a long episode if we did. You know, what, Ben, Daddy's gone. You know, he, he did his recommendation. He left. Preach it. Pops is out. Mama's going to have a good time. Yeah. Um, there is one comic that they did of Alter Ego Comics, right, where it was – and actually he was starting to describe it, but he described the wrong comic book, the one where he's like actually like batting people away with like, like a two-by-four or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an Alter Ego version. Uh, Alter Ego was a, a comics line, and they did a Prince one. And this, this thing is ridiculous. Uh, they actually have – scans of this on io9.com and we'll we'll share it on on twitter for you guys we'll, we'll post some of this stuff but this is ridiculous it looks like it's drawn by frank miller did you see this no i have not take take a gander look at that it looks like frank's it, version. it reminds me of take on me like the, <laughs> the art style of that where they're in the sketchbook it or looks whatever. exactly yeah. like yeah that. a little bit so like he's writing he's writing into in the opening pages, he's riding into Minneapolis on his purple bike that is seen in purple rain. You know, he's like talking about his long tour being over, and like he has like force powers in this. I don't know how, but he can like sense music from across the way. He's so he's a, like, he's a descendant of the Windu line. Yeah, yeah, right. So he is he's uh, Mace's long lost grandson or cousin. I don't know <laughs> something like that. But uh, yeah, so he can like he can feel it and hear it. So he like comes to back to Minneapolis to like check things out, and like he runs into his arch ne- nemesis Gemini, right? After fighting a bunch of mooks, fights some mooks in an alleyway, beats them up, goes into a club, finds his arch nemesis Gemini, and it has these these narration bubbles, right? These narration blocks that are the finest narration blocks I've ever seen in my life. 
It says Twin Cities, Twin Men. You know, because Minneapolis is. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got yeah. it. It's a city of brotherly love. It's you know? Twin Cities, man. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, yeah, wrong, wrong city. <laughs> but it's like Twin Twin Cities, Twin Men. Dark has the light, Yin has the Yang, and Batman has his Joker. But this is no joke. I kid you not. That's what it says. You can't write. You can't make this stuff you up. You cannot make this stuff up. It's great. So there's another Batman Prince collect. You know, connection. Like I said, we haven't seen Batman or Prince in the same room, man. This thing is this thing is great. So he goes and he like gets like picks up his guitar. It's electrified by Gemini. Some girl in the crowd like, no, Prince, don't do it. So, uh, mm. She gets electrified. So like he's like, oh, but he doesn't care for some reason. And he picks up the guitar and he still plays it. And he gets electrified. So they have this big rock off where they like, you know, trade licks, hot licks at each other. And Dude, apparently he wins. This this is the movie DC needs to make. Yeah, man. seriously. I'm D- not like I'm not even <laughs> yeah, this, I this is like a mix of like of hot rod and like <laughs> Like Rock of Ages. It's all it's also kinda of like Roadhouse. Right? Yeah, dude. Like like take it's like the best parts of Hot Rod, you know, School of Rock, Roadhouse, and Bill and Ted, dude. And and Purple Rain. Yeah, together. Purple Rain all put all put together. So starring the purple man. As, yep. Yeah, man. Oh. If DC doesn't put this out as their cinematic universe, the Hamburglar gets involved. He's purple. If this isn't Phase Two DCU. I'm done, dude. They're you could mix this in with Justice League Dark so easily. I know. <laughs> Prince runs the Justice WB, League. WB, call us. We're here. This We're here all great. day. Well, I think that's about it for us, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Ben, I got one question for you. What do you got? For me and all other fans who may not know Prince, okay. if, if we were to call you, besides Purple Rain, because that's I think is an obvious answer, maybe, Ooh, I'm assuming. Good. I guess like, yeah, I could do this. If, you, if I had to say, listen, have me listen to one Prince song to try to, to make me be into Prince, what, besides Purple Rain, because I think that's I think that would be what you were gonna say, wasn't it? I could give you an album. Give me okay. Give me give me just like Falcon did to Captain America, telling him the Marvin Gaye album that he, oh, with okay. everything that he missed. What is the one Prince album that I need to listen to? Okay, so if you really want to get down on it like that, there is one album called Emancipation, right? And I say this not okay. So there's a oh, this is so hard. It's like picking your favorite child. Um. Anything from that 78-90 era is really good. I guess from that, I would say, like, Controversy 1999 is really sick. Really, really sick. Um, and that came before Purple Rain. But in that 90s era, that MPG era that I was talking about, when he finally, finally got rid of Warner Brothers, right, and he released in one of the first albums, not the first, I think the third album with this symbol. Uh, it's called Emancipation. It's three discs, man. The CD is three discs long. It's a massive catalog of music, and... There's some duds on there. There's some honest duds, but like the rest of that album is gnarly. Like there's he plays house music on it. Like there's actually like DJ like techno house music. It's insane. The whole the whole scope of that album is absolutely insane. And he really does a lot of virtuoso guitar stuff on there. Um, get it? It's great. It's really cool. If you can pick it up on vinyl, if you can if you can get it on vinyl, call me because I'll probably buy it off you because I haven't been able to find it on vinyl. So, yeah, Emancipation. You heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Ben, you may have just turned the tide. A lot of people may have thought that you really don't know what you're talking about a lot of times, and you may have just turned the tide. Yeah. It was very impressive, man. Thank you. Thank very you. impressive. I'm a very big Prince fan. Yeah. So this worked out. This worked out well. I'm really sad that he's dead, man. I no, it's I didn't want to have this podcast. It's it's really it's terrible. I'm not dude, it's bad. You I didn't know? want to be that guy. Like I said, I may not have been a fan of his music just because that wasn't my personal, you know. Yeah. I was the I was the classic rock kid as you as you so eloquently said. But Hey, man. Thank you. Thank you for giving me my moment. You thought I was going to be mean. My, I thought you were going to be a dick. <laughs> no, man. I'm many, <laughs> you I'm many things. Dick, uh, half the time I was not one of them. Ugh. Thanks, Tyler. So we got to wrap this up, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Listen to me rant and rave and listen to these guys kind of just like roll with, the, roll with the steam here. But again, Prince, we're very sorry that you're dead. We love you very much, all your fans, and even some comic book fans apparently too. But uh, as always, you can check us out on SoundCloud. You can check us out on the iTunes page for CM Life. Uh, always follow us on Twitter and follow us and like us on Facebook. What else? What other chains of communication? I don't know. Do I, I might throw out another question today. I mean, for our last our last show, 
Maybe we'll maybe yeah, we'll do. Yeah, let's get let's get a question out real quick. Yeah, like you know, like th- throw you know, ask us some questions. Like I said, because especially for Malachi, who's been here since the beginning and he's stepping away, he's gonna need. Okay, throw Malachi. If you need, if you want to know one thing about Malachi that we have not talked about on here, which leaves a lot on the table, I want you to ask Malachi your his most personal, dirtiest, raunchiest questions ever. No like, bounds, no limits. I don't even want to. I don't even want to have to like. I want, every time I like hear his name, I want it. I want my skin to crawl after this last yeah, episode. Yeah, we need that. We need this this question to make our skin crawl. Oh so yeah. Give us a message. Give us a shout on Twitter. Uh, again, we'll always shout out your name. But uh, until next time, guys. Same bat time. Same bat network.